Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love. Love at first listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. On February 3rd, we had a big train derailment. 50 cars. This happened in East Palestine, Ohio. This train was traveling from Madison, Illinois, to Conway, Pennsylvania. Does Tim know people there? Uh, Anyway, the rail operator was Norfolk Southern. There were no injuries. However, one of the train cars was releasing vinyl chloride. Vinyl chloride is used to make the polyvinyl chloride hard plastic resin used in a bunch of plastic products, pipes, wires, packaging materials. So that's why it was being shipped, probably from one place to another. Days later, officials warned people to evacuate so crews could release the toxic chemicals into the air from the five derailed tanker cars that were in danger of exploding. So vinyl chloride was slowly released from the five rail cars into a trough that was then ignited, creating a large plume of smoke above the little town of East Palestine, Ohio. The evacuation order was lifted. Federal and state officials have repeatedly said it is safe to return to the area 
air testing in the town and inside hundreds of homes not showing any concerning levels of contaminants. They also claim that the municipal drinking water is quite safe. But in case you're concerned, they've made bottled water available while testing is conducted for those with private wells. We bring you that story and then we bring you this update. Three weeks after this derailment, people are beginning to report severe health conditions. Melissa Blake, who lives within a mile of the crash, has told NBC News that, oh, and picture this, she was coughing up gray mucus. Oh, you never want your mucus to be gray. Gray. Yeah. Yeah, usually it's kind of clear or green. Green, maybe. Yellow. She was struggling to breathe. Gray. She was diagnosed with acute bronchitis due to chemical fumes. Sounds like after you're... a trip to an emergency room. Gray is like your, your lung tissue died. She says, they gave me a breathing machine. They put me on oxygen. They gave me three types of steroids. But she says she still cannot return home. What I wonder is whether the initial inhalation uh, caused damage in your lungs and your bronchial tubes. Okay. Rather than... because Let's, let's assume that, that they're not lying about the testing for just a moment. But you still have all these these problems. And, and could it be that this this is like in a fire, right? The fire is out. But if you got burned, uh, you're going to have scars for the rest of your life. Damage gets done and it may not be reversible. And maybe it doesn't show up for a week or two. Five what? of the ten workers at a manufacturing company called Serum Fab located next to the crash site also became sick after the derailment. People end up with rashes, nausea, vomiting, bloody noses, bloody noses, and eye issues. There was coughing and wheezing. See, there's also an accumulation problem. I, I don't think the levels are at zero. I think the government is saying they're not dangerous. But if every day you're inhaling a lower level, higher than normal, but a lower level than dangerous, then there could be an accumulation process and then daily damage to your lungs. And, and bronchial tubes. I mean, clearly Maybe. there's something poisonous that these people are ingesting. Yeah, and they're trying to say if it's related to the derailment or it could be some other factors, but it can't be a coincidence that people no. are this close to no, the derailment No, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it's, some, it's something in between the current reading being in the safe category and, and their, you know, their, their lungs got poisoned. So what what's going on here? Is it an accumulation, or is it that the, the or, or maybe they're they're what what they consider to be a safe amount of chemicals in the air is actually not safe to some people because everybody has different tolerances, everybody has different genetics, right? Or was the damage done the first day and then it? I mean, I know the the people uh, who uh, got severely uh, diseased; their lungs got severely diseased who were the rescuers, 9-11 in New York City back in 2001. Some of that stuff took months and years to, to develop. You know, you, you, you end up with, with uh, like, DNA changes, changes in your genetic, genetic material. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, like how cancer. many times have you walked into a building in California? We got those proposition signs up there, right? Yeah. Now, imagine if the whole building collapses and, and, and the building components turn into dust and they end up in your lungs. Now right. you can see what we're talking about. Like asbestos, right? 
Exactly. People, and all the other people who smoke. Everybody knows somebody in their family. My father-in-law was like this. Smoked for sixty years, lived to ninety-one. You know, I, I, at the end, you know, he had some emphysema. Some people ended up with lung cancer in their forties and fifties, even after they quit smoking ten years earlier. Again, it depends on your own personal makeup. Some people, it is. It's a whole genetic mix and just your susceptibility to certain illnesses. Yeah. You inhale uh, tobacco and all its chemical contaminants, you can get cancer in, in a short number of years or not. Right. Just random. Now, meanwhile, the EPA has told the train company, Norfolk Southern, to stop shipping its toxic waste out of East Palestine, Ohio, and two other places until they can take a closer look. I think we told you last week some of it was going to go to Texas. Yeah. And actually, some was going to go to Michigan. Officials in both states have complained that they weren't told contaminated water and soil was coming their way. And where do you put it when you bring it to Texas and Michigan? I, I don't is there some really so, deserted place that you can dump it? That there is so much open space in this country. I, yeah. Two I million mean, gallons of firefighting water. They're, they're, they're was supposed to be disposed of in Harris County, Texas. They should be able to cordon off a corner in Texas or... Or Oklahoma, Nebraska, anywhere out in the Great Plains. Wyoming. Or in the southwest, Wyoming. Yeah, all those places. Well, just take it to Canada. Canada's a good place to go. Greenland. I don't know. Probably tough to get in the ground there right now. It's a winter, but. Now, the the guy, the New York Post did a story on a guy. And I don't know if there's any audio of him. Eric, is there any audio of Wade Lovett? He's an auto detailer in East Palestine. And his voice sounds as if as if he's been inhaling helium. He says, my voice sounds like... Oh, I like... saw that story over the weekend that they sound like Mickey Mouse or yeah. something. Doctors say I have, to f- I have the chemicals in me, but there's no one in town who can run the toxicological test to find out which ones they are. My voice sounds like Mickey Mouse. Yeah. I found it. It's not really like Mickey Mouse, but it's, it's pretty raspy. I can, I, I'll play it. Hold on. Wait, oh, love it's it. raspy. Okay. I thought it sounded like somebody sucked in helium, like a chipmunk voice. I work in East Palestine, rural oh. arena, outside with cars and water. And it's just been like this ever since the train blew up. Well, that's pretty I, You know what? You'd have bad. to play me his real voice from a couple of months ago, and then I'd really be shocked, but that's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. He says yeah, that's a squeaker. That's like he's really straining there and very yeah. high. My chest hurts so much at night, I feel like I'm drowning. I cough up phlegm a lot. I lost my job because the doctor won't release me to go to work. Oh, no. Uh, it's just... Uh, well, yeah. did, has he had an x-ray? Has he had any medical you know, evaluation done? I mean... Well, it says here's, he says there's no one in town who can run the toxicological test. Well, get in your car and go find the town that has them. Well, that's the problem with people in small towns. They're like, I don't feel like doing that. You got to go. You to want Cle- me to drive all the way where? You go to the Cleveland Clinic. I bet you they can do it. That's yeah. one of the premier research uh, healthcare centers in, in the world. More uh, than uh, 1.7 million gallons of contaminated liquids been removed from the site of the derailment. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, and that's and and and, and they burned a million gallons. They did. Yes. No, they built a mil- No, they burned a million pounds. Which, oh, tra- which translates to almost 10 million gallons of liquid. That's what went into the atmosphere when they did the burning. And that doesn't right. count the stuff that burned during the fire. And plus, during the fire, all other kinds of 
chemicals were released, right? Not just the vinyl chloride, uh, but, the, you know, wh whatever the train is made of, the train car. All right, we got more coming up. We will play for you uh, fresh comments from old Joe Biden, where apparently he's blaming at least the media for uh, Americans' perception that the economy is still in a rough ride. Now, we'll also give you the newest inflation numbers that came out the other day, and they're the highest since last June. I thought all this Fed measures to raise the interest rates was supposed to be having an effect on the inflationary pressure, but... Apparently not so from this report. John and Ken, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Coming up after the news at 2.30, we'll give you the latest reports on electric vehicles. Since California is mandating in a short 12 years that all new cars sold in the state have to be electric or they have no emissions, zero emission vehicles. Uh, there's some things you need to know. Now, these reports don't affect us so much here in the state of California, although this has been a very cold winter, and there's uh, this, a hint right there. This winter it would have. Huh? This winter it would have affected people here in California. Oh, okay. Yeah, you paused, and I thought you were going to say something else. No. Yeah, yeah, probably that's the case, particularly right now if you're up at Big Bear, if you get my hint. Yeah, right. Places like that, Arrowhead. Uh, anyway, we'll tell you what this is about, and also... An interesting report, Atlantic Magazine wrote about electric vehicles and how they may be always out of reach of people that have average salaries in this country. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason for that, because you got to pay more to get more. All of this on our report coming up after the news at 2.30. The uh, Federal Reserve's preferred inflation gauge rose last month. At its fastest pace since June. Now, if you've been listening and following the inflation reports over the last several months, the attitude was, well, inflation's still high, but we're starting to get a handle on it. Consumer prices rose 0.6% from December to January. That's up from 0.2% from November to December. Well, this would be the latest in a long series of alleged predictions that were wrong. Because they, these uh, government experts never saw this coming to begin with. Then when it came, they said, oh, it's going to be transitory. Transitory. They, they made like it sound that. like, you know, six months. Just a little bump, supply chain, you know, everybody getting used to uh, back, being back at work and moving all the products around the world. And then it's a year and a half, and they're going, well, it's dropping now, right? Yeah, drop, yeah, it's dropping. Except it isn't. It, it keeps going up. So they, they're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong, and they're wrong. And, and they're not handing out any money anymore, are they? Are there still <sighs> stimulus checks? And uh, No, there's been no new bills passed for trillions of dollars because there were several of those between Trump and Biden, both administrations. Right. Flooded the market several times over. Right. But i I've heard that once these things start, it just can it it gets caught in a loop because in its most basic way is prices go up, wages have to go up, right? Well, if wages go up, the prices have to go up, which means the wages have to go up and and that's the spin cycle and it's it's uh it's hard to break it unless yeah. you really suck unless you force companies. With such high interest rates, they simply can't borrow another dollar. And they, they just start cutting back.
Well, I know that raising the interest rates is definitely having an effect on the housing markets. Yes. That's a different type of spending than just people buying food and other things they spend on a daily basis. So maybe that's all it's doing is having an effect on the on the on the housing market in terms of people buying homes because the interest to borrowing rates are too yeah. high. But as far you would think inflation would cause people to cut back some of their consumer spending, but apparently it went up and and went up quite a big rate from the month before. So you just can't slow people down. And I know like we were talking about last hour that I really believe this year people believe I'm back. Uh, I'm going to start doing all the things I did in 2019, and I'm going to start spending all the money and more that I haven't spent the last three years. Credit card debt is up. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I read some story the other day that people in their 30s are heavily in debt. Yeah. I don't know why that particular decade, I guess that's when people start to really make their decisions <laughs> about spending, you know, homes well, they, and cars. and People in their 30s. They came. They came out of the workforce at a bad time. It was the 2008 crash. The real, the uh, yeah, the uh, well, the more mortgage meltdown. The mortgage meltdown, right? And so that caused a huge recession, and a lot of people lost their jobs or couldn't get hired, and they were coming out with a lot of college debt. Right. And then they they finally get rolling, and now they're dealing with you know, you know, eight nine percent inflation. And, and they never dug out from the debt. They never dug out from their depressed salaries the first few years of their working life. Right. And in fact, they say people who came into the uh, job market around 2008 are going to make like X percent less in their life than people who came out in other years recently. It just set them on a, a slower track to earn money. Yeah. All right. Well, on the economy, we have some new audio from old Joe Biden, he sat down with ABC News anchor David Muir to talk about a bunch of topics, and they've released this one concerning Biden and uh, the economic news. I want to ask about the economy. You talk often about how the inflation, the rate of inflation has begun to slow. Unemployment now at its lowest level in 50 years. But you've also seen the polls. Our latest ABC News poll shows four in 10 Americans say they're worse off than when you were elected. Only 16% said they were better off. So why is that? Why aren't Americans feeling this? Well, look, I think it goes well beyond the economy. Think about it. You make the news. I mean, you interview for the news. Can you think of anything I turn on the television and go, God, that makes me feel good? Almost anything. Everything is in the negative. We're also finding out now that uh, one of the outlets has decided that they don't put things on they know to be false in order to uh, increase their ratings. So I think things are a little out of whack, and I don't blame people for being down. You know, when you had a year, two years of, uh, of the pandemic, kids out of school, uh, the mental health problems in the country are seriously increased, especially among young people. Some things are, for example, even feeling down about employment, they got better jobs, they're making more money. Inflation is still higher than it should be, and uh, you know, Everything from gasoline prices to a, to a, a war going on in Ukraine. I mean, so I can't think of a time when there's been greater uncertainty, notwithstanding the fact we've created 800,000 manufacturing jobs. We're better off than virtually any other major nation in the world economically. But it's understandable why people are just down. I, I love it when the politicians, Trump, everybody does this. I created these jobs. 
Manufacturing jobs. I, we created them. Get out of here. He didn't create jobs anything. come and go because of the private economy and the way it flows. Get, get, get out of here with your we created jobs. <laughs> but beyond that, this is typical that, you know, when there's economic news, which is unsettling. Now we're going to blame the media. Oh, because right. You guys focus right. on right. the negative. Right. Right. The media is biased against Biden's economy. Boy, Wasn't that famously something that uh, Nixon even used years ago, what are they gathering nabobs of negativity? He called no, them that was Spiro like? Agnew. Oh, it was Spiro Agnew, right. Yes. I always remember that line, nabobs of negativity, <laughs> nattering. You ever meet right. a nabob? Yeah, no, uh, they, they all do. I, when I'm reading about the presidents, Clinton hated the media. Obama thought the media was unfair to him. You know, obviously, Trump did. They, they all complain about the media. And, and there's a lot to complain about. However, the rate of inflation exceeds the rate of people's salary increases. You know, if the inflation rate is going up 7%, but your salary is only going up 5%, well, then you're losing. And if you're living week to week, that that makes a difference. That's something you notice. And you start going out less. Maybe you don't go to a movie. You don't go out to dinner on Friday night. But if that was true, how come inflation still going up? It indicates people are still spending somehow. They're just going into debt, as you said. Yeah, they're going from what I from what I've read. The credit card debt is is going fast upwards. Now, people don't people. Uh, I, I I'm, think I'm, the yeah American, I think Americans yeah they felt like oh my god I suffered so much during the pandemic, the lockdowns the and now they're just going nuts. American culture is weird. If you travel to other countries, it, you don't have this frenzy to buy things. Right. There, there's something that and, and I'm I'm realizing it now, you know, to what extent, you know, our family got caught up in buying things or having things, doing certain things, you know, because the people around you or people in the neighborhood or just a place you wanted to be in life. It's a very powerful force uh, as, as resistant, you know, as you want to be, as you try to be. It, you do get swept up in in it, right? And yes. and I and I I do think for people in in the middle class because so much about the wealthy is now broadcast twenty four seven. There's so much on social media. There's so much of what the wealthy have that it makes a lot of people a little crazy. And it's unconscious. It's not like they're sitting home outwardly moaning about it. But yeah, you know what? I want to get my share. It's my turn to have a good time. I want some of that. And you just throw another thousand bucks on the credit card. And after a while, what does it matter? It wasn't that long ago that I was reading people were saving more than they had, but that was during the pandemic. That was during the pandemic, yeah. They could still buy things online, but they weren't going out to really spend money. Yeah, could, they couldn't. All right, we got more coming up now. Important that you hear what's coming next. The Atlantic Magazine did a story called The Inconvenient Truth About Electric Vehicles. We also have a story out of Norway concerning... Electric vehicles in cold weather, which most of the time isn't a big story here in California, but certainly when you talk about sales around the country, would have an impact. Johnny Ken KFI AM640 live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Yes, and we're forever on that app with the John and Ken podcast, right? You can download it there at uh, the iHeartRadio app or KFIAM640.com. Not long after we finish the show, Monday through Friday after 4, you get the hours posted up, so you can catch up that way. Uh, we're going to spend a few minutes now on 
electric vehicles. Of course, it'll be a short 12 years before we have that California mandate that if you want to buy a new car, it's going to have to be zero emissions. That is going to be the rule in the state of California. More and more media outlets are writing about some of the definite drawbacks to EVs. Atlantic's story is the inconvenient truth about electric vehicles. Sort of like when you buy a car, remember years ago, there might be a sticker on the side to tell you just how many miles per gallon you could expect city driving versus, you know, uh, or rather highway mileage versus local driving versus highway mileage. Right. This story is basically about the limitations of the range in electric vehicles. It talks about how if you want that higher end range, you're going to have to pay for it. A new Ford F-150 Lightning, which is an electric version of their best-selling vehicle. People love the Ford F-150. It's very big, John, in the middle of the country. I don't know if you know anybody it, that has one, but it's, I do no, know but it's, for a fact. It's, it's been the number one uh, car. Yep, the F-150. That's a nice pickup truck. Uh, anyway, it starts at 55000 in its most basic form which is fairly expensive. Uh, However, if you want the extended range battery, which moves you from 230 miles on a charge to 320, the cost rises to at least $80,000. The author of this article says it holds true with uh, other brands like Tesla, Rivian, and Lucid. And if you really want the bigger battery option, you're going to have to pay a lot more to get it. And then there's the problem with the, the range itself. Uh, they don't want you to charge the car to its full range. You're not supposed to do that. No, 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 no. That's not good. Uh, They discourage drivers from regularly exceeding 90%. And that's even on a Tesla. They don't want you... uh, on a Tesla as well. And by the way, just to go back to that F-150 a second, if you get the $80,000 F-150, that gets you 320 miles? That's like having a 20-gallon gas tank that gets 16 miles to the gallon. Mm, yeah, that would be 320, right? Right. So that's that's not much of a range. And that's not much of a deal. Uh, no. No. Uh, and actually, he writes, no one spends an extra $5,000 to get a bigger gas tank on a Honda Civic. But with an EV, economic status is suddenly more connected to how much of the world you get to see and how stressed out or annoyed you'll feel along the way. Because even though, as you mentioned, 320 is not a lot compared to the old gas tank. It's a lot better than getting 240, which is the basic version is all they're going to get is about 247 miles on a charge. So that's the choices you're going to have to make. And then the other part of this is you you won't get the kind of range you think because it depends on the conditions you're driving in, which is true too for gas-powered cars. But I think it holds even more so for electric vehicles in terms of using the air conditioning, or as we're talking about here, there's a story out of Norway, and there was a story out of Michigan too, that in cold weather, ah, these batteries use a lot of charge in order to operate because of the conditions. I, so I, you may see a much less. I think one guy wrote that he only got 50% of the range that he charged it up to because he had to drive in snowy, cold Conditions. Yeah, the the cold really screws with your uh, your mileage. 
Right. Uh, 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 this this guy who wrote the story said he he took a trip from uh, Death Valley National Park. He was going to drive 150 miles across the desert. He had a Model 3 Tesla, standard range. And and the good thing about Tesla, they do tell you on a map where your next supercharger is. Right. So it was 150 miles from one supercharger to the next. But as his car went up and down the hill, its estimate for how the battery, how much battery charge would be left started to slip. He had a comfortable cushion, and then he said it was troublingly low. He locked the cruise control at the speed limit or just below so he wouldn't cost himself any miles with a lead foot. And then two sets of headlights closed in behind me, whizzed by. They were Teslas, but he could tell they had paid five to $10,000 more for a longer-range version of the car, a dual-motor yeah, version. It's called a dual-motor, right? Yeah. That's something that they make, right, right. So if you get the ordinary Tesla, you're on a strict diet. You have to pay the extra ten grand to have uh, have more ease. You can't drive as fast as you want, right? Um, no. And then and then the the cold weather story. Oh yeah, that's the, the one from. Well, there was two. There's one from Norway, from the Globe and Mail. In northern Norway's bitter cold, the durability of electric vehicles is put to the test. It was also a pretty good story uh, from the state of Michigan. With the same thing, some guy who writes about cars in Detroit said the same thing. He's finding that operating an electric vehicle in these colder conditions really severely restricts the range. Oh. So it's not practical for a lot of people. I mean, I mean, I mean, much of the country uh, has has had some bitterly cold periods. The one thing that a car buys you if you keep it gassed up is tremendous freedom to go about your day, to go about your life, to go on a trip, to do what you want. And amidst all this excessive hype about the wonder of electric cars, what they don't talk about, but it's clearly true, it is going to constrict your freedom. And, and yeah. like everything else the progressives do, little by little, the truth comes out. It's a drip, drip, drip situation. For example, this year we learned that they only want you to charge after 9 o'clock at night after you come home from work. 4 to 9 o'clock, no, no go, no charge. Well, that may not be uh, convenient. What are you supposed to do? You don't have to worry about that. There's gasoline stations open up 24 hours a day. Right. But now now I'm, I'm and there's going to be restrictions. And eventually... You, you wait and see. They're going to monitor how much electricity you're using during peak times. And if they detect that you're using too much, uh, they will eventually, this will all be done remotely on the Internet. That is what they're headed towards, is that they'll restrict the electricity flow to your house. And they may, this may sound crazy and alarmist, but trust me, <laughs> don't give an inch on this. Because every year, little by little, but little by little, they're gonna they're gonna co co coerce you into playing ball. I saw an editorial today in the Wall Street Journal. They were citing an interview with one of the operators of the big electricity grids, who says that our projections show as we continue to move away from fossil fuels and towards all electric with regards everything. You heard the stupid thing about stoves. They don't want natural gas anymore, and of course they don't want to use a gasoline powered car. They don't think the grid 
is going to have the strength to keep up with it at the pace that they're trying to do this. Because what we're stuck in this situation now where every day another report comes out about uh, the rapid uh, increase in climate change effects. These characters go nuts trying to push everything faster, which is cutting back on fossil fuels and moving towards oh electricity. And there's not going to be the grid for this. At least that's what this it, and, particular and, grid operator and, says. And they know this. And eventually, they're going to come to a point where they've made natural gas, gasoline, electricity so expensive that we're just going to have to live in a reduced state. That is the plan, is you'll live in a reduced state because they say so. That takes away your freedom and puts you under their control. Right. Because they've created a system now where all fuel is too expensive. And they justify it by saying, we're saving the planet. That's the cover story. The real story is they want control. This global warming thing was just beautiful for them to use, to make people feel guilty. They make you feel guilty about the freedom you have in your life and about what you spend your money on and the convenience that you have and what you enjoy. Yep. All right. We got uh, more coming up. John and Ken, KFI. AM 640, we're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Coming up after 3 o'clock. Wow. You know, you can't say we don't do follow-up. This story takes us back a couple of years. Our guest will be Wendy Ludwig. Many of our listeners did participate in a fundraiser for her little son, Gavin. He was attacked. He was just coming home from swimming at a neighbor's house. And a 32-year-old man beat on him picked up a large rock, grabbed Gavin, and slammed him into the right side of his head. He slammed the rock into the Gavin's head. Unprovoked. This was just a, obviously, when you'll see, a mentally deranged person who came out of nowhere and attacked Gavin. They had no connection to each other. This was random. Just a really tough day for a little boy. Uh, he had severe injuries. The good news is he's much better. This happened, uh, I think, 2020, wasn't it, John? I think it was during the pandemic. Anyway, uh, coming up after 3 o'clock, Wendy's coming back on the show. Not only give us an update on Gavin's uh, health, and uh, many of you, as I mentioned, were part of the GoFundMe, which raised a lot of money for young Gavin, but to give us an update on the attacker, who apparently has done this before and slides through the justice system by being sent to a mental hospital. And then, of course, the brilliant people there declare him, oh, he's fine. He's cured. Yeah. Put him back out in the world. And, you know, he attacked Gavin. He has attacked people before. So the family was hoping for prison time and long prison time for somebody who does this to what was then a seven-year-old boy. So we'll get the update from Wendy, Gavin's mother, coming up after the news at three o'clock well i have to ask this question john because you you kind of follow this even though you find it comical is there anybody left working at twitter <laughs> twitter had seven thousand five hundred employees when elon musk took over in october seven thousand five hundred there are now less than two thousand people working there and twitter still runs that's what I was going to ask you. I, yeah, yeah. Has I, there been any major outages or problems or users I'm, complaining? Not that I'm aware of, no. 
Uh, I I find it really fascinating. I have not seen a single story where someone says, you know, I can't post on Twitter. It seems to be down, uh, you know, eight eight hours a day. (laughs) I I I just haven't seen it. I don't know what I. You know what I think? I think they actually had a lot of employees who were there censoring all the posts that they found uh, politically disagreeable. I think that was a lot. I was going to say, what were all these people doing? If you can cut back, what was it? Two thirds of them here. Well, I read a fair number of the uh, Twitter files that were dumped by those journalists. Uh, Elon Musk had uh, all the internal memos uh, released, and a group of journalists, including uh, uh, Michael Schellenberger, Michael Schellenberger, that's got right, some of that, Matt, right, Matt Taibbi, who I've Matt read Taibbi, for right. for years, and it 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 looks like this was a huge operation. This may have been the single largest operation within Twitter, other than keeping the general service running. Because it took a lot of work to comb through all these and then decide, does it stay? Does it go? Does it get a, a, a warning sticker on it? And there's a lot of political political issues that became taboo. And, what about the terrorists? Although and, they were using no, more other the, platforms, no, more, weren't they? Ter- terrorists are allowed full reign on all social media sites at all times. You get a, a special terrorist exemption. Special recruitment. Uh, well, it says here in the New York Times... The latest round of cuts hit product managers, data scientists, and engineers who work on machine learning and site reliability, which supposedly keeps Twitter's various features online. So, but well, you're telling me that I haven't heard of any big outages or problems with no, Twitter users. No, I mean, unless... I, I, are they I, dropping I, off by droves, too, because they're angry that Elon Musk took over? Are people quitting no, Twitter? Adver- because- no, they, they've had problems with advertising. Because oh. you know some of the progressive advertising uh, dropped executives, they they yeah they're claiming well, you know there's a lot of objectionable material and we just don't want our ads alongside these these posts, right? So there's been a lot of that. He's he's got less revenue, which is all the more reason he's got to cut bodies. But the the day to day operation, the mechanical operation of of posting and people getting your post, I have not read anything that it's been compromised. And I, and I know the media would jump all over it because they all want him to fail now. You know, he's replaced Trump as public enemy number one. And this wasn't just about getting rid of the woke people. He also wants to turn a profit at Twitter. And he probably looked around and said, do we really need 7,500 uh, people working I, here? I saw two things this week. There, I, I saw that uh, Facebook, the median salary of Facebook was $400,000. Medium. What? Yes. 398000 to be exact. To do what? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> what, what did all these thousands do at Twitter? <laughs> what did they all do? They all have like vague titles to it. Product manager, data scientist. They, I'm a data scientist at Facebook. Then the third thing I just read was a guy. There's, there's some kind of social media app called Blind. And it's where yeah. workers could bitch about their companies and bosses without being identified. And this guy claims that he's a tier one middle manager, tier one being the lowest ranking. And oh. at Facebook, another round of layoffs are coming. And he fears that his tier is going to be chopped and mm. that he is going to lose his $550,000 salary. Again, he's he's in the lowest level ranking. God knows how many 
tier one middle managers there are. And he's pissed about it because he's 40 years old, uh, about 40, and maybe about 42. And in about three years, in 2026, he figured he'd be promoted to tier two and make a million a year. And once he got there, he'd be able to shortly retire. He uses this ac acronym called FIRE, which I wasn't familiar with. I had to look it up. And it's oh. financially independent, retire early. FIRE, F-I-R-E. Yeah, look at that. That's and a he good said, acronym. He goes, he goes, I'm a few years away of hitting FIRE in my 40s. Once I get to that million-dollar-a-year magic salary, I, I don't know how many years he, he wants to work beyond that, but not many. Right. And now he's out of his mind because he knows he's not going to find another mid-level job for $550,000 a year. And he, and, he, and he posts this, and, of course, people start throwing stuff at him. Like, <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> They're just jealous. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, it's, um, it's remarkable, the salary, how much money they were making. They were making so much money, and they were very competitive. Uh, uh, Twitter and Facebook, Google, uh, all, all, the, all these... Uh, all these tech companies, social media companies, they had so much money. They were so competitive to get whatever they thought was the best. And they also hired like mad during the pandemic because so many people were at home using their product in ever greater numbers. You could throw Amazon into that mix as well, too, except the pandemic ended and the bubble popped. And then, you know, there's been enough scandals and people are just sick of it. A lot of people are sick of social media. I, I can tell just looking at my feeds. It's like a lot of people just stopped. So, you know, it's it's just I don't think I don't think Elon Musk's need, needed all those people. Well, one of them became somewhat famous. Her name is Esther Crawford. She was seen wrapped up in a sleeping bag, sleeping at her Twitter offices, wearing like a little eye shade over her face. And she tweeted out when your team is pushing around the clock to make deadlines, sometimes hashtag sleep where you work. That got remember that got San Francisco officials worked up because they're like that's not a sleeping space that's an office space people can't sleep there we're going to investigate Elon Musk's Twitter that happened a few months ago yeah she got laid off so yeah well track. you know she was she was like trying to suck up to Musk saying look at me look at me I'm so devoted I'll sleep well, here on the floor to well, make sure I could get back at work quickly she was part of the old guard and he fired a lot of the old guard and she wanted to show no no I'm with you now. I've switched sides. No. I'm all for you. And so she's sleeping on the floor. I mean, she's she's taking a photograph of herself on the floor and then posting it. I mean, you look like an idiot. You imagine, you imagine taking a photo of yourself here at the radio station in a sleeping bag with, with an eye shade on and then putting it online so everybody could see that you're here working 24-7 for the good of the station. You'd feel like a moron because you would be a moron. All right, when we return, we're going to welcome back to the show, and it's been a while, uh, Wendy Ludwig. Her little son, Gavin, was attacked viciously by a violent, evil, crazed man. This happened in the Inland Empire a couple of years back. He was just on his way home from a neighbor's house, and he was bludgeoned with a rock and left for dead in the street until, fortunately, a neighbor saw him. He was having seizures. Gavin has recovered nicely, but... We have an update on the attacker to talk about. John and Ken, KFI, AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. 
And Jason Middleton in for Deborah Mark, live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts more Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.